I'm not playing it. <laughs> he was rotating up here a few minutes ago, and I think Seth and Caleb was getting nervous. He was about to take theirs from them. <laughs> but when a string break, it breaks. You can't fix it. <laughs> How y'all doing today? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke 2. Luke chapter 2 and John 15. Luke chapter 2 and John 15. All right, so here's our weekly question. Was you an opportunity maker, taker, or breaker this week? Anybody? Maker. maker. Tell me about it. Can you? Amen. Amen. Yeah, I had an opportunity, and I'll share a little bit about it in a few minutes. And um, Anyway, we're talking about this week. Remember, we're still on our Advent. We've talked about hope. We've talked about faith. This week, we're talking about joy. And we're going to talk about happiness and the difference between the two. And if you remember the Advent, the definition of that was the arrival or the coming of Jesus. And we just heard that, you know, from the, the drama. But um, happiness means a state of well-being and contentment. A pleasurable, satisfying experience. Joy is an emotion evoked of well-being and success. And um, it's a desire and it's experience that comes from within. And so we're going to talk about those two this morning and about, you know, how much they, they mean to us and, and what we really need to focus on. Because let me tell you right now, let's go ahead and just get this out of the way. Nowhere, nowhere in this book does it say happiness is promised to us. It tells us joy. But it never, God never promises happiness. You know, because our life changes. And our life changes in just blinks of an eye. And uh, Miss Robbie Schillings this morning was in the 8 o'clock service. And I was sharing Friday. Friday was a day changed for her. Her son, youngest son, Justin, was in a bad car accident. They didn't find out about it until 12 hours later because he couldn't even identify himself because he went straight into surgery. And then when they got the phone call and got to the hospital, um, Justin's fiance, from the just seeing her fiance like that, passed out and had a seizure, ended up in the emergency room. Then Miss Robbie had a food allergy at midnight that night. And then she finds out her nephew had had a wreck in Oklahoma the same day. And then her mom's got to have a heart cath tomorrow. So in just a matter of hours, her world turned upside down. So what would have defined as happiness for her went to unhappiness really quick. But it's the joy that we have as believers is what gets us through that. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. And, um, you know, I run across a, an illustration as I was getting ready. And it was a little boy went out to um, his grandfather's farm and was going to spend a week. And so he was walking around and he saw some chickens scratching and playing. And he said, they don't have it. And he went a little bit further, and he saw a young colt, you know, bucking around out there, how they do. And he said, he don't have it. Went a little bit further, and he saw some baby ducks swimming and splashing in the water. They don't have it. And he was, kept walking. He said, well, I guess nobody's going to have it. Well, he went into a barn, and there was an old donkey in there. And the old donkey just looked sad and had a real long face. And he started screaming, Grandpa, Grandpa, come quick, come quick. To the grandpa run in the barn real quick. And he said, what's the matter? He said, he's got it. He's got it. And the grandpa said, what's he have? He said, he's got the same religion as you. <laughs> Some of us have that religion. Some of my staff thought I was talking about them. I won't name names, but I wasn't. In Luke chapter 2, we're going to talk about this word called joy. 
In verse 8, it said, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. But they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning, Father, and I just ask, Father, I beg that you show us the difference between happiness and joy. And Father, how we should be just pursuing joy, Father, and you tell us that that's what you want us to have. Father, because happiness will fail us. Father, but I have to believe your joy and you never fail us. Father, we love you. In son's name I pray. Amen. You know, as you start looking at this and you look at the difference, you know, and, and it's real crystal clear whenever you read this because he said, I bring you good news that will cause great underlying joy. Will cause great joy for all people. Underline all. Because he brought that for everybody. You know, right there, he's announcing the birth of his son. He sent his son to this earth. And he's saying, look, you know, this happiness that I mentioned earlier, it's nowhere in here. But he's saying, I'm sending you joy. I'm sending you what's going to change your life. I'm sending you what's going to be the constant for you. I'm sending joy. And so whenever we hear that, we ought to get excited. We shouldn't be like that donkey. The world ought to be able to look at us and say there's something different. Even when our world's crumbling around us, there ought to be something different about how we handle things and how we approach it. You know, because the joy that we're talking about, you know, that changes the inside of us. Me and Tammy were sitting in um, the house the other day, and, and she brought it up, and she said, you know, the kids today will never know the happiness and the excitement that we used to have growing up. And I'm about to age myself right here. How many of y'all remember when you was little getting in the mail, that postcard, probably late October, early November, you'd get that postcard in the mail and it would say that it's time to come pick up your wish book from Sears. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember the stacks of Christmas catalogs that would be in Sears when you would get that? That was happiness, wasn't it? You would get excited. Because then you would get home and you would take that catalog and you would flip through it. You know, and I can remember with my two younger brothers, we would flip through and we would look, oh, we want this. And we would fold the page. You know, we'd go again and, and before long, half the catalog was like one of the Christmas trees because you'd folded all the pages on it. But that was happiness. Because what would happen? You might would get some of the toys and then sooner or later they'd break. The batteries would go dead. And then... You're moving on to something else. That happiness fades. And what happens in life is, you know, we, we set everything. And, you know, God never promises easy. Whenever you read his word, what's he tell us? That we're going to be persecuted, don't he? People's going to get mad at us. People are going to turn away from us whenever we're chasing after him. And that's why he never promises happiness, but he promises joy. Because his love never changes for us. His circumstances don't change for us. And whenever we, we read in that and we're growing in that, turn with me over to John. John 15. John 15. We're going to start in verse 9. 
It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this than lay down one's life for his own friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in the name of the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. You know, when you read that, you know, if you go back, what does he tell us in verse 11? He said, I've told you this so that my joy, the joy of Jesus, my joy may be in you and your joy will be complete. What a mouthful because Jesus is telling us, I want you to have what I have. I want you to have what I have. But you know, what do we have to do? We have to remain in him. We have to keep his commands, you know. And um, when you look at these words, and, and this, is, this is what I see. Kyle, how long have you been a police officer? So when you walked on the job the first day, did you know everything that you know today? No. How did you get to where you're at today? Experience. Jay Sims, you sell valves for a living. When you walked in that business the first time, what did you know about a valve? Nothing. What do you know now? Less. <laughs> huh? <laughs> but how did you get to where you're at in your job? Doing it. Doing it. Harold Robinson, you own a, a business. When you started that business, do you know what you know today? You probably wouldn't own it, would you? <laughs> but how did you get there? experience. So how do we expect to get to know God if we don't experience him? How do we get to know this joy that he's talking about? You know, whenever you read this, you know, and this is what I, this is what I hear. This is what I hear. You have to know. You have to grow. How do you know his commands? You learn this. That's why you hear the staff standing on boxes all the time saying, you need to be in small groups. You need to be in Sunday school. You need to be in a grow group. You need to be in some type of group. You need to be in a Bible study at work. You need to be growing. You need to be sharpened. You need to be accountable because that's how you grow. Because I can tell you, Johnny Morgan, whenever he accepted Christ a long time ago, is not the man that he was back then. And it's only because of this. It's because of his love. It's because of me trying to keep his commands that where I'm at today. And so whenever you start looking at this and you really start trying to strive to have that joy, it takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice to chase after God. It takes that sacrifice. You know, um, this week I got a phone call. So let me set the stage for this phone call. In the spring of 2017, I decided that I wanted to advertise obedience to death because I'd never done any formal advertising. It was just word of mouth, you know, Facebook and the website, but nothing 
to where I really was selling it, if that makes sense. So I designed these big postcards and ordered a bunch of them. And me and Laura and Sarah sat there and addressed and stamped probably 400 cards mailed all over the state of Louisiana. And so we picked up some immediate things with them and started doing some traveling with them. So that's in the spring, early spring of 2017. Fast forward, early spring of 2019, I get a phone call from a church about three hours from here. Pastor says, hey, I got your card a couple of years ago. You still doing this ministry? Yes, sir. He said, would you come to my church? Absolutely. He said, you don't even know where it's at. I said, no matter. I'm halfway there. <laughs> and so we talked about it, scheduled, went to this little church. It's a little small church in the middle of nowhere. Went to this church, got there, did the event, actually ended up doing two while I was there. Um, talked to the pastor, left, come home. This week, I've got this, and, you, and you, my family will tell you, when I sit in that chair, they got about a 30 to 45 minute window that I'm lucid, and then I'm probably going to go to sleep on them. And then, um, and then I'll wake back up about 2.30 in the morning, and I really can't sleep. And so the other morning I heard about 2.30, so I was kind of in that slumber, and I heard my phone vibrating on my bathroom counter. So I got up, and I, I looked at it, and it was this pastor. So I answered it, and I hurried up and got in the back so I wouldn't wake nobody up. And he said, um, he said, can you talk? I said, thought to myself, well, you called me at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, I'm going to talk, you know. <laughs> and so um, he said, I'm just being honest. He said, I'd made my mind up that if you didn't answer the phone, that I was going to finish writing this note. And he said, I was about to take my life. And he said, I went into my study at my house, opened my desk drawer, and was getting a pen out, and your business card was laying there. How big is our God that a postcard went to him two years ago? And so we talked for almost two hours. And um, finally I got him to go get his wife up. We put her on speakerphone, talked to her. And... Um, you know, the, the short version of it, you know, I finally told him, said, you either got to wake your wife up or I'm driving to come see you, but dying's not an option today. And, you know, so all of this is going on. And, you know, what I want you to, to hear is um, he had lost his happiness. And I had to remind him of his joy. You know, because people, I guess people will never understand the load that a pastor carries. And, and I'm just being real, you know, because Scott might call and say, Brother Johnny, this is it, and talk. And then Kyle might call and this. And then Wayne Evans might call. And, you know, people call. And then at the end of the week, then all of a sudden, Johnny's carrying all of this. And so a lot of pastors don't have people to talk to. And so I'm blessed because of our bylaws. I've got four guys that I can go to like that and say, hey, I need you to pray for me. Hey, I need you to know this. You know, I've got two pastors that live away from here. And then we talk back and forth. But this gentleman didn't have that. And so in the conversation as we was talking, I said, tell me about when you accepted Christ. And he said, excuse me? I said, tell me about when you accepted Christ. And he started telling me his story and you could tell his voice picked up. And I said, how exciting was that? He said, when I accepted Christ, he said, I charged the world with a water pistol. And I said, that joy has not left you. 
It don't matter that your church is mad at you right now because of circumstances that you can't control. It don't matter what's going on in your community because you can't control that. What matters is this joy. And so I got a chance to preach my message to him at 2.30 in the morning. But you know, why do I tell you that? Because too many times we set everything on circumstances around us. We set on a circumstance that we're going to walk in and we're going to have that job tomorrow morning. We have this unreal expectation that whenever we are in that delivery room and we pick that baby up for the first time, that we're going to have an angel till they go home to see Jesus. And then they grow up, you know? And so you have all these things and we have these unexpected unrealistic expectations of happiness. And that's why God promises us. He says, I want you to have joy. I want you to have joy. I want you to have my joy. Not just joy. I want you to have my joy. My joy. So that then your joy is complete. But then he goes on and he says, I want you to have my joy so that your joy is complete. So that now you can go and bear fruit. Not just sit in these chairs on Sunday mornings and take it in, take it in, take it in, and you go home and you go to your job or you go sit in your lazy boy and you do nothing with it. I want you to go bear fruit. I want the world to see me. I don't want them to see no long-faced donkey that's never happy with life. They need to see my joy. Because my joy is the only thing that's complete. My joy is the only thing that's going to get them through. My joy is life sustaining. So when we hear these words, you know, and then it goes on and, um, and he tells us, he says, I chose you. Remember that? He says, I chose you. We're not accidents. I chose you and I'm giving my joy to all of you. But you need to obey my commands. You need to obey my commands and you need to, to go and you need to bear fruit. You know, as I was getting ready, I run across these few statements. It says, happiness is caused by external forces. Joy is caused by internal forces. Happiness comes from the outside in. Joy comes from the inside out. Joy starts on the inside and stems from God's abiding presence in us. Happiness can be taken away when bad things happen. But joy comes from the inside. It's not affected by what's going on on the outside. This word is perfect. This word's complete. When I was growing up and I was in um, junior high and high school, my great-grandmother lived across the street from me. And some of y'all will remember this about Watson, but years and years ago across from Live Oak Hardware, there was a grocery store there. And on the back corner behind it in the same building was a library. Y'all remember the library, some of you? Well, my great-grandmother's um, niece was the librarian. So my great-grandmother never drove, and so she would bring her big brown paper bags. Y'all remember brown paper bags? Would bring her brown paper bags of Western books. And so I would read all the time. I used to love to read Westerns. You know, Louis L'Amour was my favorite author, and I would read and read and read, and we would write our initials real small in the back cover so we'd know which books we read. But you know now, this is what I love to read. Because this is what's changing me. This is what's growing me. And I'll be honest, there's times when I read this, and you know, and I look at that and it says, so that you may go and bear fruit. And I feel like, all right, God, why are you kicking me in the throat? Why are you kicking me in the throat today? Because I love you. 
because I love you and I want you to grow. Because I love you and I want you to have my joy. Because I love you and I want you to take my joy to the world. Because there's a lot more pastors. You know, I posted that story, just a a short version of it on Facebook this week. Since I posted that, I had two more pastors call me and said, where were he's at? Where were he's at? And I said, this is what you need. This is what you need. You need people that are praying for you. You need people that are holding you accountable. You need safe people that you can talk to. And if you need somebody to talk to, call Howard Turner. 225-936. He's retired now, right, Miss Dolly? He's got all the time in the world. She hadn't seen him since April of last year. But seriously, you need people you can talk to. You need safe people that you can talk to. Because God's word is clear. God's word's so clear. But when you go back to Luke 2, And them shepherds come through the back door a minute ago. You remember when one of them stepped in something? How many of us step in stuff on a normal day basis? Some of us, it's when we walk into our jobs. Some of us, it's every time we walk through our house. It was cold. It was wet. Nobody wanted to be them. Nobody wanted to talk to them. Nobody wanted to be with them. Nobody wanted that job. But who did God reveal himself to? Who did that angel stand there to? Who did that angel look at whenever it said, you know, and it said they were terrified, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I bring you the good news. I bring you the good news, the ones that nobody wants to be, the ones that nobody wants to be around, the ones that was probably not as educated as everybody else. Why do you think he started with them? Because it was for everybody. It was for everybody. And he knew those guys was going to take it to the world. Because what happened? They went and experienced it. They went and they saw him. And what did he do? They left and was telling everybody, guess what? The angels come to us first, but you need to go see this now. You need to go experience what we've experienced because they had that inner joy then because they had met something bigger than them. Because this is empty for a reason. To give us hope, to give us faith, to give us joy. Because he beat death. He beat it for us. That ought to excite us. That ought to excite us. That ought to have us to where in the next few weeks, in the next days, we're running telling people. We're at the Walmart checkout like Mr. Richard, telling people about Jesus. I was at the hospital Friday and I was walking in and there was a gentleman and he was coming in from the parking garage and he was missing his leg from the knee down, was in a wheelchair. I don't know if you've ever been to Lay Lake Hospital, but it's not... Um, when you go from the garage into the hospital on the second floor, it's not wheelchair friendly because there's a heel. I ain't understood that yet, but there's a heel. Well, he got to the heel. I said, oh, let me push you. No, no, I got this. I got this figured out watching. He spun around backwards and started pushing with his other leg going up the heel. So, you know, I, I guess I can't, I can't help myself at times. I just started talking to him and making conversation. What happened to your leg, you know, and stuff. And 
And before it was over with, we started talking about God. And, and he was telling me, he said, you know, when I lost my leg, that was God bringing me back to him. Because I was living for everything but him. But now that I only got one leg to hop around on, he said, my joy's in him. And that's his words. He said, my joy's in him. Because he's what gives me the reason to get up every day. He's the one that gives me reason to come over here and hang out at the hospital and tell people. And that's what he was doing that day. Where's your joy? Where's your joy at today? Do you have joy or do you have happiness? Because some of us have them mixed up. Some of us set our day on happiness. And when we get real honest, a lot of us have a lot worse, more bad days than good days. Do you have joy? Have you gone to that cross and have you said, God, I need you to forgive me. God, I need you to, to forgive me. I want you to become my Lord. Have you done that? Because that's where the joy starts. Have you done it? Where's your joy?